What is up, guys, and welcome to another episode of Official Visit, the podcast about college baseball recruiting by players for players. Today we have Nolan McCarthy. Nolan played high school baseball at Jesuit High School in Portland, Oregon, before spending his college career at Occidental College in Los Angeles, California. And we talk with Nolan about getting recruited in really in an environment that was D1 or bust and how he then went to Oxy and a, a mechanics adjustment turned him into the pitcher he is today as now he begins his journey as a graduate transfer at Georgetown University. So let's go. Hey, Nolan, thanks so much for coming on. How you doing, man? Good, Joe. Uh, thanks for having me. It's, it's an honor. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, so first question, how did it feel to go 0-9 against Chapman and give up <laughs> a big bomb to me? <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't know. I was wondering why you guys didn't give me the questions before. Jeez, <laughs> um, wow. It didn't feel great, Joe. It didn't feel great. That was like the biggest hump for us, man. We just couldn't get over that Chapman hump. and It honestly made me feel better, like just – streaming your guys's games and watching you just wax other teams too because it was like <laughs> all right like thank you like it makes sense it wasn't just us um but yeah joe you always had my number for some reason like i guess that first year like i played you i i think i like every every uh starter i have i go through the lineup and look at like batting averages and like splits and like slugging and see like where they like to hit the ball in our spray chart and stuff and yours were never good, Joe. <laughs> or at least in the first year. <laughs> yeah, bad. Guy, like, Especially Oxy, the second like, year. Yeah, it was like he really struggled against us. And I was like, okay, like he's hitting like eight hole. Like he's got a good arm. He's probably just like a catcher, you know, like good catcher. And then just I home an inside fastball, this first pitch of this guy, and he just absolutely just cranks it out of the yard at Chapman. And I was just like, what the fuck is going on here, dude? Because I was actually, like, making a decent game, I think, and, like, keeping Kevich under control, keeping Jared under control, and, like, this fucking this freaking nine-hitter just takes me 400 feet, dude. That was a crazy swing, man. I'll give it to you. It's all right. At least, I think, at least you had my number. I think I only had, like, two career hits off of you. So it evens out, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. So yeah, that's welcome to the podcast, I guess. There you go. <laughs> welcome to the podcast. <laughs> um, Nolan, let's uh let's go back to your high school career. Uh you went to Jesuit High School um up in Portland, Oregon. Uh from what you were saying yesterday, a big time sports school. Um, you know, kinda kinda talk to us about I guess the environment for for college commitments at your high school. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, like you said, it was a big time in high school. Um, we had D1 athletes in every sport, it felt like. we. My senior year, we won nine state championships. So it was, like, definitely a big culture thing. Like, it was all about, like, what sport you played, like, how good were you. Like, you know, everyone was committed to it. It was a big deal to, like, be good at something. Um, and so for me, it was, like, I love baseball, and that was obviously my passion. But I, I was – coming out of high school like I wasn't ready to play division one baseball um as I'm sure that you guys can have similar feelings or I mean we all were great baseball players and we had great careers but um 
I remember having feelings of doubt, like, was I good enough at a high school? Um, and I'm sure like a lot of people listening to this feel the same way. Um, and so my high school, going back to your question, definitely had that D1 or bust um, kind of vibe about it. Um, it wasn't super, you didn't feel great telling everyone that like, hey, I was committed to this Division three school and I was going to play baseball. They'd be like, oh, okay, like kind of brush it off, you know? I'm sure you guys felt that way sometimes. Um, or you tell them where you're going to school and they don't even know, they've never heard of it, you know? Um, that stuff like matters to high schoolers, you know, like, let's not pretend like it doesn't like people care about your appearance and like what people think of you in high school. Everybody does. Or at least I did. I mean, most normal high schoolers do. If you have like that confidence, good for you, but I didn't. <laughs> um, so yeah, it definitely was a D one or bust and going D three was like a kind of a leap or leap of faith. And like, I kind of had to push my chips all in on myself and be like, this is something I want to do. And I think that I can excel at it. And I want to, like pursue this well that's kind of where i want to go because i mean i kind of had a similar at least like in vegas uh it was i mean you didn't know too many guys that were going d3 mostly because there just weren't d3s in in nevada i mean obviously there's on the west coast it's only california and the pacific northwest so i had like a similar experience but so obviously your your high school wasn't like a big like push in D3 or just even anything other than D1. So how did you end up eventually deciding on Division Three Oxy? I, so I was lightly recruited by Division One schools. I had a couple uh, coaches come to my games and watch my outings. I was always like super hopeful because I got caught up in that D1 or bus mentality and I wanted to go Division One. Who doesn't want to play Division One baseball? Um, and so I... Um, I got a little bit of interest and I pursued it as much as I could, but then eventually they um, didn't really guarantee me anything. They said like, yeah, come, come to our college, uh, apply to our school. Like you'll get a full fall tryout or like, yeah, you're a preferred walk on like, but we'll give you a scholarship or, you know, it just didn't feel like they were invested in me. On the other hand, the, the division three schools I talked to, for example, Occidental coach Wetmore really made me feel like, he wanted me and he made me feel like I could be a player in his program and I could like, he was invested in me. Um, and for me, that came in the, the form of like, he promised me a roster spot. He promised me that I would pitch a little bit. Um, and he just genuinely seemed like he was excited about me being a tiger. And that was the biggest thing for me. Um, and so, yeah, that was uh, the main reason I went to Occidental. It was also an excellent school, which helps a lot. And, um, as you navigate small schools, there's also that financial factor because they don't get scholarships and the smaller schools tend to be more expensive. So for me, Occidental also gave me a really good financial aid package and it just kind of made the choice a lot easier. Nolan, I think that's something we haven't talked enough about yet on this podcast. It's this idea of, okay, like there's so much money to be given out at the division one level because they have like quote unquote athletic scholarships. But in reality, they only have, what is it, like 11.7 for something like five? But what people don't understand is, okay, like you think of a school like the WCC schools are the same price as Oxy and Chapman. But I know Jared and I were both we both got like great academic scholarships. I'm sure like you just said you had a great academic scholarship. That's not necessarily like an athletic scholarship, but it still helps. And like. Obviously, we don't have to go too much into the numbers because some people aren't comfortable with it. But, you know, I 
there are a lot of people who still who make Chapman or these like pretty expensive schools affordable because of that academic scholarship, even if they're playing baseball. Um, but was that something you were really thinking about before you chose on, before you chose Occidental, like relative to the other school, division one schools you would have had to walk on at? Yeah, totally. I mean, for it's a, I'm comfortable talking about it a little more, my situation at least. I mean, that's the whole point of the podcast, right? <laughs> um, I didn't come from, I don't have a lot of, uh, a very affluent family, I would say. Um, but I've always had good grades and me and all my siblings had great grades and uh, we were able to get into some good universities and colleges. And um, But we were very selective in which ones that we applied to to begin with. Um, for example, before I even applied to Chapman, like I really wanted to go to Chapman. I would rather have gone to Chapman than Oxy. But I didn't even end up, when I applied to Chapman, I got in, but it wasn't really on the table even for me because um, they weren't able to give me the same level of financial aid and uh, academic scholarships that Oxy was able to. And a lot of that, um, my the goat at this so like uh all your parents out there uh definitely listen up to this you can do like um i was on financial aid in high school and in college so like she was money at this by the end but you have um you can kind of predict what package each school is going to give it to you even before you apply to the school um i'm sure a lot of you guys know how to do that um just on your fafsa your financial aid form or whatever so that was kind of a big thing for me like we knew on the front end which ones were like I would suggest a school to my mom or something and she would like crunch the numbers and be like, Oh no, like we can't do this one. Or like I would tell her another one and she would crunch and be like, Oh yeah, this one's got like really good this. Maybe we could make it work, you know? So that was definitely a big thing. Like just cause I had to be realistic about it. Like I wasn't going to get my hopes up for a school that just wasn't going to happen, you know? Um, but I was lucky enough to find, to be able to like email a bunch of schools, talk to coaches on the phone which all young high school players should do, I believe, like talk to coaches on the phone. I think that's a really big thing. Um, so I was able to do that enough and talk to enough schools to find one that kind of fit all the puzzle pieces together financially, baseball, and academically, if that makes so sense, I'm, if you guys could follow that. <laughs> yeah, one, 100%. Nolan, because this is something that I've, I've thought back to uh, a lot with my own process was – because like Joe said, I mean, Chapman obviously is not, not a cheap school by any stretch of the imagination, but they, they do give out pretty generous packages, and it sounds like you, you kind of found something similar at Oxy. And I think back to uh, potential Division One, Division Two opportunities that I could have had to where I could have either walked on or I could have gotten just a small percentage of scholarship. And when you really like sit down and you look at the numbers – sometimes it was cheaper to go to Chapman in the sense of you were getting so much financial aid. I mean, it's, it seems like for you, you were pretty well in tuned, at least your family was with the financial aspect of it. But I mean, do you think sometimes it gets convoluted to some people or they just don't really think about, they're like, Oh, I'm on baseball scholarship. So I'll, I'll be good. But sometimes you're still paying more than you might at maybe a school that you won't get money. I mean, do you, I mean, just talk, talk about that. Did you experience any of that? Cause I mean, you said you had some opportunities to maybe walk on at some division ones or anything like that. Yeah, dude, that's very well said. Um, I totally agree. Um, 
that school that I was talking to. So I was talking to two Division One schools out of high school, um, University of San Francisco and University of the Pacific, both of them in the West Coast. Um, they're, they both play in that small conference, the West Coast Conference. Um, and both of them told me that they didn't have a scholarship for me um, and that I would just have to get into school on my own and get whatever uh, academic money I could. Um, they said that they could try and assist me and like guide me towards the right ac um, academic scholarships and stuff. But it was clear to me that they weren't really like, we got to get this guy, you know. Um, and yeah, to your point, like the money, I mean, it is like kind of hit or miss. Like people, I, I definitely have seen players go to colleges under the promise of coaches that say like, um, I'm sure you guys have all heard this, like, yeah, we don't have any scholarship money for you right now, but um, in the fall, like, we'll redistribute it and we'll see, like, maybe we can get you something. Like, that's a classic coach promise, like, oh, yeah. like may, if, you know, if you hit 10 home runs in the fall, like, we'll give you, like, 10% or <laughs> you know, something like that. Like, um, so, yeah, you got to be realistic about it for sure. And another thing is, like, I had a great experience with my coach, like, do I think he was perfect? No, but I think he's a good guy. And um, I think Laverty has good intentions at Chapman. I think you guys can speak to it more, but I think he's a good dude. Um, you got to be careful, though. Some of these coaches will say anything to these players, especially if you're one of the really top-tier players. Like, you, you really got to be careful and watch your back. Um, take care of yourself and make sure that you're putting your faith in the right people. That would be what I would say to the uh, young athletes out there. I love it. I love it. Um, and Nolan, I think that points to just the importance of, of building relationships. It sounds like you and Coach Wetmore had had a phenomenal relationship, like going into you finally deciding um, that you're committing. Am I right? Yeah. Um, he definitely is a good human being, which is something that I really appreciate in the head coach more than anything, you know. Um, it helps that he's a little bit on the young side, so I can kind of look to him eye to eye a little bit more. <laughs> um, yeah. He actually played for your coach, I believe, right? Uh, Laverty. Yeah he, yeah, he played for him. So there's a little bit of an age gap between your you guys and your coach. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, he was definitely, like, always there for us. And he, uh, since day one, he told us that he cared about us, you know, and that was something that's important to me. And um, I think it really helped with my career. And um, I knew I could trust him. And if I had an idea that kind of went against the grain or something, I – the door was always open and, you know, he always wanted to talk about it. So mm -hmm. yeah, I don't, I got nothing but good things to say about him. <laughs> Even if he did make some questionable coaching decisions, leave me out for 140 pitches against Chapman a couple times. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nolan, I want to get into more of this division one versus division two versus division three aspect, but you know, how surprised were you at the level of competition when, when you first came into the league, into the Skyac, um, and then just kind of how that has your perception of D3 baseball, how that's changed as you've played for Occidental. Yeah, that's a great question. I would actually love to hear what you guys have to say about this too. Um, Cause when I came into high school, I had no idea what D3 baseball was or, you know, like no idea what to expect. Mm -hmm. I went to a game, but like, it's a lot different watching it than playing it. You know, I'm sure you guys are players, you get it. Um, so like mm -hmm. I could watch it, but I was looking from a distance, like as a high school player, watching college guys, like <laughs> I had them all hyped up in my head, you know? Um, <laughs> and then when you get here, it's like, for me, 
um, a big thing that I heard from a couple of older guys and turned out to be true in my college career was that the freshmen that come in and play with that same fire, that confidence, that energy that they had their senior year of high school are the best players. It doesn't matter like really how talented you are at division three, like, especially as a freshman, you're going to, you know, if you play a lot, you're going to develop and grow and learn from your teammates and just from playing baseball for four more years, you're going to get better, of course. Um, but it's those guys that really come in with that confidence. Like they just come in and they play like their hair's on fire and they're having fun sliding around, you know, like, <laughs> like they just had prom last week. Like, you know, those, those <laughs> freshmen that just come in and are just ready to go like in the fall and they just, they look excited about baseball and it's just what they've done their whole life. And then there's the other freshmen that come in and are intimidated by big boy baseball and they let coach bark and Adam freak them out, you know, and they, never get their feet under them and they're just kind of unsettled the whole fall and then they don't play their first year and you know and then all of a sudden your career snowballing like you know what I mean you know and then there's that other mm -hmm. freshman that starts and kind of figures it out doesn't play great but he's excited and he plays all the time and he plays confident and his at-bats aren't you know he doesn't watch three strikes go right by him in his first at-bat you know he's swinging um you know I'm rambling but you know I think I know what you guys I think you guys know what I'm saying Oh, 100, 100%, dude. I uh, I love how you talked about because when you were in high school and you went and saw a game because I did the same exact thing. Uh, I got to come and watch Chapman play Whittier, actually, which that's just an excellent combination of to go, go see your first Division <laughs> three game. Um, but, I mean, I went to that game. The leadoff hitter at Chapman hit two bombs absolute tanks i think uh no no one will know because you guys are younger than i am but smitty was on the mound and smitty was nasty for chapman and i mean it was it was completely different than what i thought because everyone talked to me like oh like division like i mean it's the same stigma that that still exists today and that you start with that division three baseball is just like an extension of like high school ball and then like you roll out there and it was it was completely different. Yeah, and I think people don't realize that these guys are like, regardless of where you play in college baseball, like these guys are anywhere from two to four years older than you, and they're gonna be more physically developed than you, right? So even if you're like, okay, I'm going to Division three, like you'll see a big boy who's like six three, two thirty, and can hit absolute tanks. Um, I mean, we see we see it all over the sky. Um, I'm, I'm oh, trying yeah. to think. Remember, you guys remember Justin Thomas? Is that oh, what his name? Yeah. Jacob, yeah. Thomas. Yeah. Jacob Thomas. Yeah. Jacob Thomas. Jacob Thomas. Yeah. Laverne, right. yeah. Right. Dude, Love. What's yeah. his name? Love from Chapman. Like these Fair are love. Men. Yeah, we're talking about like mm -hmm. you're a high school well, boy and, coming in. This, these are men. Like, <laughs> well, and and I can I can even I mean my freshman year I went in there and I mean I was I was competing to start at shortstop and. We we had a kid my freshman year. Um, he was a senior, Tyler Cook, and Tyler oh Cook was gosh. just dude. You could the kid like was like he came out of the womb like ready to hit. Like he just hit missiles, and it was <laughs> one of the most fun things to watch him in BP. But as a freshman coming straight from a high school baseball, like not expecting like anything like 
ex extraordinary like from from the offensive side standing at shortstop and getting a top spin 105 mile an hour ground ball from cook that just eats you completely up <laughs> and you got seams on your forearm for the next three weeks i mean i think you said it perfectly it's the freshmen that come in that are just like fired up and ready to go excel in the d3 level i think Absolutely. Dude, we yeah. used to call, sorry, Joe, we used to call Tyler uh, the Grim Reaper at Oxy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could hear the whoosh of his bat from the dugout, dude. It was crazy. That dude, guy, yeah. that guy, Rick, he, he was insane. But yeah, Nolan, I really like what you said about, about those freshmen coming in because I think as a freshman, you get so overwhelmed with, okay, I'm, like I'm in a new place. Like, you know, like what are, what are guys going to think of me? Rather than like, you know, I'm going to set goals for myself for how I want to play and not necessarily just worry about me, but, you know, like I'm here to get better. I'm here to play. I'm here to have fun. And the guys that can do that um, and that don't lose sight of, hey, like I love playing baseball and I want to be the best version of like myself as a baseball player. I think those are the guys that are the most successful. Would you guys agree? Yes. All right, talking more about the level of play at the Division Three level. Um, I know our pitching coach, uh, Coach Edwards, Eddie, he, he talks a lot about his teams at Chapman in the 2000s. Uh, they won the national championship in 2003, and he talked about the talent of that team. And he was just like, yeah, like we had guys that should have been starting on Division One teams, and we convinced them to go to Chapman because – they were bought into like what we wanted to do. And like, if they all came, we knew we would win. So like, that's what he said a lot. And a lot. I'm fascinated. He, he, he says that all the time, but I'm fascinated <laughs> to hear, you know, how much does social media have to do with the whole D one or bus thing? Right. Because that would never happen nowadays. Right. You couldn't get a guy who's a surefire D one like that would start for division one you couldn't have that anymore where they would come to chapman and just like like dominate because and i think it's because of social media like what do you guys think about that I, i'd get less retweets if i said i was going to chapman than if i was going to, <laughs> to d1 man i know I, I i agree and i'll let i'll let nolan speak on this but yeah i think i think social media has kind of flipped the game to where i mean I mean, Joe talked about how if you're a freshman coming in, like wanting to like focus on like bettering yourself, but it's, I think you can't get caught up in what other people are going to think of your, of your, of your journey. Cause I mean, we got pro guys, we got guys that go D, go D1 after going D3 uh, from D2, Juco. I mean, Nolan, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on this. Cause you're one of those guys. Yeah. I, I think that definitely the social media thing is a, is a huge part of it. Um, kind of earlier about image and like high schoolers struggling to like find their identity in themselves. Um, I totally felt that pressure. Like I didn't post anything about like when I went to a division three school, like I made sure that I kept it very low key. Like I did not big thing for me was like, I didn't want to be the guy that, cause it was kind of going the other way almost right. When, when I, like I decided to go to Occidental, like it was really big, like super cool, like post where you go to school and then it almost went the other way, like, all right, like, you don't want to be posting too much. You don't want to be that guy that just, like, 
blows mm-hmm. up your social media with every time you talk to a coach, you know, because my team had a couple guys like that, you know, and it was a bad look. Like I saw how, like how much they got, you know, roasted for that. And I was like, okay, I definitely, that's not going to be me. So I didn't even like post anything. I kept it very low key. Um, yeah. Because of that D one or bus mentality. And uh, because of my like high school reputation and <laughs> Because I, I used to care a lot about what people thought of me in high school, you know. So stuff like that, I would say, is a big factor in my experience. I, I, I'm just curious of, I mean, you talked about getting the, I mean, we, we always talk about the right fit, right? And, I mean, whether D1, D2, D3, I mean, whether people think it's going to be a bust, whether it's not going to be a bust. I mean, you go to a place where you're comfortable and... You, you've already expressed to us that, that Oxy was the, the best fit for you at that time. It was it was where you could grow. It's where you could mature as a player. And I want to talk about just kind of your, your freshman year, you go to Oxy. You got a lot of time on the mound. You got some, you, you, were, you came in as a two-way player, so you played you played first base. You, you played, you were on the mound, you hit. And eventually obviously you became just a pitcher but on the mound your freshman year was not a successful season in your in your regards no yeah uh i can talk about that a little bit yeah i came in um i definitely in the fall um my freshman year um i took advantage week pitching staff for sure for sure um we had <laughs> uh we had a lefty returning starter we had uh, our Friday guy was going to be another guy named Nolan. He was a pretty good pitcher. He was battling injuries, and our bullpen was pretty mediocre, honestly. I came in and tried to be that freshman, you know, that had energy and played with some fire. Um, and I think the coaches noticed that, and they gave me a shot. And I started, and by no means was great shakes. But, you know, I filled up the zone, and I competed out there, and that's all that you know, a D3, you know, that plays for a little bit <laughs> or in some mm-hmm. programs, especially in weak spots in, in my program, definitely it played. Right. The rotation kind of kept grinding my way up. It just kept choking. Well, I finally was able to click my more year, figure it out, you know, figure out my mechanics, get a little stronger, improve my stuff, improve my VLO. Um, so, yeah, I would say that that first season, you're right. It, in my regards, it definitely was not uh, a great season by by statistics or any measurement, any way you want to measure it. But um, it was valuable for me because I learned I, I learned how to pitch at the college level. That was a big season of adjustments for me, learning the college zone from high school zone. Like, I was getting four baseballs off in high school. Now I'm getting, like, one and a half in college, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, getting on the same page as my catcher, who would later, you know, catch me two more seasons after that. So that was a big chemistry season. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm just learning that I can't leave pitches in certain places or they're going to get hammered, especially with where my <laughs> stuff was at at that point, you know. Um, pretty loopy breaking ball, poopy changeup in 82, 83 is going to get hammered, you know, if you leave it over the plate. So it forced me to learn, and I think that really, um, it, it forced me to learn how to pitch to college hitters with mediocre stuff. So then, right, and I didn't have great success, but I learned how to do it. You know, by the end, I was, I had a little success, you know, I had a couple wins, blah, blah. Um, 
I had a good outing against Cal Lou. Pretty proud of that my freshman year because they won the national championship. So that's that was <laughs> pretty. That was like the highlight of my freshman year pitching. But, <laughs> um, yeah, it was Nolan. Crazy. I want to Nolan. I want to get into um, <clears throat> more of the mechanics thing because yesterday, um, obviously, I we faced you multiple times, especially your junior year, high eights, low nines, great stuff. But like you said, um, your freshman year, you're throwing what eighty two to eighty five. And then you, by your junior year, you made that jump to 88, anywhere to the low nines. Um, but you attributed that a lot to obviously growing physically, um, filling out your frame, but the mechanics aspect. Um, you said you dropped down your your arm slot a little bit. But I think I really want like the question I want to ask is a lot of guys get scared of, of making an, an adjustment like that because they're like, OK, well, what if I actually start throwing slower? What if it hurts my arm? Um, but for you, like you made the adjustment, I think it was, you said before your sophomore year, and then it really helped a lot. But was there any part of you that was hesitant to make the adjustment because you're only thinking the downs rather than thinking of the potential upside of the mechanical change? Yeah, that's a great question, Joe. Um, I think when we were talking about it the other day, Jared said it best. Um, you know, we play at the end of the day, we play division three baseball, um, and that gives us a little more freedom to kind of mess around. <laughs> like, it, um, you know, you're not on the scholarship. Like I wasn't at the time, especially I was, it was early in my career. I wasn't, I had kind of plateaued in velocity. I'd been, you know, in the low eighties for a while now. It was lifting and I didn't know what, I, what I need to do to improve. I was an infielder. Um, I was playing at the time I was still playing infield. So I was throwing the ball every day from a low slot. I was taking ground balls. It just felt more comfortable to me. Um, and going back to what I was saying earlier, I, I was a D3 player with mediocre stats. Like I wanted to get on the field as much as I can. I wanted to be effective. I wanted to play. I wanted to be good. And so this was a risk for me. I weighed it, you know, the pros and cons in my head. Um, and I was something that I wanted to do. And it's not like a complete guess either. You know, like you can see like if it's going to be effective in your catch play, you know, you can talk to your catch partner, talk to your coaches, you know, they're seeing it too. Like they can um, give you good feedback. Like they're like, Oh yeah, that one had really good life. You know, that that's moving like a couple inches this way. You know, that's got good sync on it. You know um, I was relying on the feedback from my coaches and my, uh, my teammates really, I had a really good relationship with my catcher. And I think that was the biggest thing um, talking to him about it because a college catcher who's caught you for a year, you're, first slot you know and he's seen your stuff and sees how it plays at the college level and then you change slots and then um he's caught your whole staff he knows <clears throat> what d3 hitters can do with you know with certain pitches and certain locations hearing it from him was really the big thing i would say um because i trusted him a lot and when he told me that like yeah that pitch is really good you know you look good from this slot uh that will be effective that really did it because I really trusted him. His name's Jared Bauer. He was the catcher at Oxy for three years. Great catcher. Well, yeah, I think I think the <clears throat> when you're making those big big changes, the the uh, reaffirming that you're doing the right thing is huge. And I mean, on the flip side, it can go completely completely the other direction. I mean, <clears throat> I I also made a mechanical change after my freshman year with with my, my batting stance and my, my hand position and my stance. And it went the complete opposite of, of how yours did in, in the fall. I think I go, I think I was one for 50 
with like 20 Ks. It was just probably the absolute worst baseball I've ever played in my entire life. Joe was wondering why he came to Chapman because their starting shortstop was trash and couldn't hit. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you got you got reformation that you like stuff was moving and it looked good, and I knew just by the numbers, I'm like, yeah, this is this is not a good change. But so yeah, I think I think that was huge, and I think that was that was a great change for you. But I wanna if. If we can take you back to back to your high school days, and if you could just basically sum up in one word of what you wish that you could have done differently in your recruiting process or even in your development process as a high school player, I mean, what would it what would it be? That's tough. I would say one word. I would say exposure. Um coming from Portland, Oregon, the Northwest is generally not a super highly recruited area. Um, I definitely didn't do myself a lot of favors in the recruitment process. Um, I didn't, I was not a big showcase guy. I didn't do perfect game. I didn't do, you know, uh, top 96, all these camps they have now. Um, yeah, that wasn't really me. So that would, that would be what I would say. Like to some point, like those are a, a trap for money and they are a, you know, sometimes it's really stupid in my opinion. Um, like rating young kids is never like, I don't, it's not the, the end of the world. If you get a low score from perfect game, like you can still be a great opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do think that they do have some value, some exposure and they, most importantly, they give you an idea of where you stack up against your opponents, um, and where your weaknesses are because they just throw the numbers right in front of you, you know? So like, it's brutally honest, which has value, I believe. Um, And so it's just like, I wouldn't, I'm not trying to say like, send your kid to every camp, you know, like that's definitely not (laughs) what I'm trying to say here. But Mm -hmm. I do think that occasionally, you know, comparing yourself to other kids your age and people who are serious about baseball. And um, there definitely is a networking aspect to it. Like, the kids, you know, who all went to those camps and all saw each other and all end up committing and, you know, playing against each other in high school. There's definitely uh, a camaraderie between the, like, elite baseball players in every area, mm-hmm. um, which is all great things, I think. Um, and I didn't really get a lot of that um, because I didn't do the whole, you know, uh, club ball all the time you know, every weekend flying to Arizona to play in a tournament. And, um, it was fine. And I don't think that I really re- missed that, but um, especially for really good players, you can get looks from those, I will say. You can get looks and offers and exposure from those. Got it. Love it. Nolan, I just I just want to say thank you again. This has been an awesome interview. Um, and best of luck in Georgetown. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it was was fun. I hope I gave you some good stuff. Hey, guys, we hope you enjoyed that episode with Nolan. Um, Talked about a lot of great things between uh, Division I versus Division III and him changing his pitching mechanics. But um, we hope you guys really enjoyed that one. Feel free to check out our website at officialvisitpod.com. We're also on many different social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn. And feel free to to send us an email uh, regarding more things you want to hear about. We'll see you guys next week.